Hey, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Night Rewind. I'm here with Randall McDonald. And I'm here with Brian Paradise. And we are here to talk about episode 14 of season 46 of Saturday Night Live, which aired on February 26th, starring musical guest and host Nick Jonas. Yeah, what a talent, man. Yeah, I really do like the double threat host, and I think that he was a really good fit for both. Like, obviously, he and the other Joe Bros are like polyhyphenates, right? They're singers and they're songwriters and they're instrumentalists and they're actors and kind of personalities and whatever. Um, and I thought he was like really apt to this style of television because obviously he's got the experience with kind of the alternate version of himself from the, the Jonas Brothers television show and just being like a good performer. I thought he was great. Yeah, yeah, he is very, he's very good. And I can't get enough of his voice. His voice is so unique. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's kind of like it's still like in his like teenage years or something, but he's a grown man now. Yeah, I I forget like the actual vocal term for this, but he's like a whatever word is for above a tenor. Like he is in that um, yeah kind of um, Panic at the Disco, Brandon Yuri kind of range, where like essentially he's an alto that just a very pure kind of kind of high voice, and he sounds great. Yeah, and he's funny, and he's very funny. Yeah, I liked that the, there wasn't a lot of kind of Jonas Brothers kinds of things. Obviously, there were some, and we'll talk about it. But it didn't feel like that was his only identity. He's, like, moved on enough from that that he is kind of a, in addition to having, like, a solo record that he was promoting, that didn't feel like, oh, this is this person from this thing. Like, he is just, he is just Nick Jonas. Yeah, yeah. So as we uh, start the episode, we get another one of these kind of news roundup sketches in a novel premise, which I'm like super into. Uh, and I really liked the the way that they established what was happening and then kind of slid into the real game of the sketch, where this one was uh, Kate as Anthony Fauci talking about um, how he is uh, suddenly everybody's celebrity hall pass. Like, you know, uh, I'll make an exception for, for Anthony Fauci. And then we get into uh, So You Think You Can Get the Vaccine, which so a, a game show about uh, basically how hard it is to get the vaccines in this country. And I really liked that the judges, hosts, or the competitors were governors in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, governors and, and kind of people who have, who have been in the news lately for being uh, in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I really liked who they picked, right? So they had um, Alex as Gavin Newsom, who has just been trying to, you know, he is running California, which is bigger than most countries, and trying to like right. deal with that. Um, people think of California as Los Angeles, and it is just like, there's as many people in California as there are in all of Canada. So like, it is, oh, yeah. it could be a country. Uh, and then uh, Pete is Cuomo, Pete in back-to-back -back Cuomo appearances from last week. Uh, and then I really like that they picked um, Gretchen Whitmer as the third, um, as a third governor as played by Cecily. Yeah, yeah, very strong characters. All of them are very good at these characters. Uh, freaking Alex's face, man. His, yeah. He's got such a creepy face. <laughs> well, he, 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 and he's deployed in a few different ways of having kind of like, smug dude and that is essentially what gavin newsom is yeah um, so like his 
guy that just bought a boat is only a few different, a few degrees separate from his Gavin Newsom. And I think that that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And, but again, I, what I like about choosing Whitmer, it's like, here's these two, like, in the news guys. And they're in the news because of what they've kind of screwed up and their personas. And Gre- Gretchen Whitmer was like attacked by her own citizens for trying to protect them. So I think there was like a nice contrast. Like you only know Gretchen Whitmer because people tried to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I like to, I like, they had some good one liners here to open it up when she was describing each judge. I don't remember exactly what Fauci said, but, um, but I just remember the Gavin Newsom one was something to do with he's only liked by the 10 people that he had dinner with or something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Cuomo had a line. Remember when your favorite movies were my PowerPoints? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So, yeah. And so we get get through a bunch of kind of um, people coming out as essentially demographic groups. Right. So we get. um uh, Jane, uh, so Heidi comes out as somebody who uh, works in IT for OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> we have somebody, uh, Ego, as a fake old lady, which is kind of a riff on an actual news story. You have a couple of young people in California or Florida that tried to dress up as old people to get vaccine doses. Um, and then we get Melissa as a pregnant mom, Bowen as a smoker. So I guess that there's like one part of the country where they're it would be amazing if they were prioritizing smokers, but one state where they, yeah, smokers were in one of the upper groups, which is thinking like I guess maybe if they were thinking of like health risks, right? Yeah, probably because it's New Jersey, right? So yeah. it's probably that's everybody. In right. my head, everybody in New Jersey smokes. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I go to New Jersey, I have to pick up a pack of cigarettes so I can smoke. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then uh, we kind of round it out with. 80 coming back as Ted Cruz, just uh, fresh off of uh, his CPAC uh, speech. Did yeah. you see any of that? I just saw clips. I, I uh, didn't, I only from the news, you know? Yeah, I saw the, because he, she like yells something. I'm like, well, clearly that's an allusion to something. And I was watching Colbert and I guess he like did this speech with like, that was laden with like movie and pop culture references that he then had to explain <laughs> he was like comparing the people of cpac to the rebel alliance and like our enemy is darth vader but he's not your father it's just like really dumb and messy and then he made like a borg reference and then anyway. really oh my god yeah it was he's dude like, this guy's hilarious sign yeah. him comedy central yeah exactly i want to see his his uh his 20 minute special and then yeah. it finishes with mikey who is eligible for the vaccine but doesn't know how to use that yeah yeah very funny i do like this approach where it's not just one thing like we don't need to recreate the thing we saw on tv so this is another example of like let's just talk about a bunch of stuff all at the same time which i really do like yeah they're like three for three right now or yeah. four for four uh, doing this style. It, it, it works really well. I think so. And, you know, I think that a, a game show is kind of a crutch in general, but I like that this one, there was no, they weren't bothering with like points or who won or whatever. It was just like a frame to like get these celebrity impressions or like public figure impressions. And then let's talk about how much all this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I really do like the CBS jokes too that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, CVS stands for uh, Chex Mix, Vodka, and so much Plan B. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was I thought that was very good. Uh, was that was that the sponsor for this? It was the real logo. Yeah. So like somebody paid for something. Wow, that's so funny. CVS. Yeah. Our receipts are too long. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after this, we get the monologue with uh, Nick Jonas. Uh, I, I really like his first little thing. My name is Nick Jonas, which is short for Nicholas Jonas Brothers. That was very funny. <laughs> very good joke. And uh, and also, uh, real life Joe Bro, uh, elder brother Kevin was in the crowd. Yeah, that was very cool. I, I was hoping we'd get the other one too, but we didn't. And that's okay. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, it was very cool to see him. Yeah, no Joe, uh, but it was cool to have Kevin there. And then I liked his uh, asking if they were still good. Yeah. I feel like that's always the joke, though, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, like, they had their kind of television period, and then they all did solo things, and then they came back for that pretty great album a year or two ago. Yeah. You know, they'd had that music video with all of them and their wives and stuff. Like, we're we're men now. Uh, Yeah. And then they kind of split back up again, but are doing solo things again. So I like that. I also really liked uh, Kevin asking if Mbop was them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, so funny uh, and then he sang uh, Drink With Me which was wonderful yeah this uh, this felt like a, when I was watching it it felt like a, a second city style sketch hmm. it's like the, the way that they just naturally broke into song and then more and more cast members started coming on and then leaving it just felt like it was a good like cast uh, just number and I really liked it it like was bringing me back yeah, and you know, uh, Nick played and Haras in a Broadway production of Les Mis. Mm-hmm. I think. right. So it's cool to have him have him do that, and then uh, I liked that he was singing it straight, and then brought in Keenan, Kate, and Beck, and Cecily. So probably the, some of the strongest singers in the cast to yeah. um, to kind of do the we're all drinking kind of portion of it. Yeah. And again, this whole episode, we have another one where it was so many musical numbers. Yeah. A lot of music. Well, and yeah, again, good for him, right? Because he obviously, being the host and the musical guest, that's a lot of work. But again, if you're doing, if you've ever done a production of Les Mis, and I can't speak from personal experience, but it is a three and a half hour thing. And so if you can hang with that, then do yeah. it. An hour and a half comedy show in which you're maybe on stage for 40 minutes ain't that bad. So I, I yeah, like that. True. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll get somebody with some chops. They can do that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And the cast can do it, too. They all got great voices. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So uh, after after the monologue, we get the, the workout mirror sketch. And I loved this thing. Yes, yes. Uh, this one was was very funny. Yeah, so the premise of this is so now they have like the, a few different companies have these workout mirror things where it's basically like a display behind a, a one-way mirror, I guess a two-way mirror, uh, that projects workouts and crap. And so this is Mikey and Chris who were trying to work out. I liked the beginning of this where he talked about how, you know, all the other workout trends that he had tried and failed, but like this is the one. Yeah. This is the one I'm going to commit to. <laughs> um, and then they had three trainers. They had Nick who looked, and Aaron, my wife, was like, He's in great shape. Like he, he is. was really showing off the guns uh, in that cutoff hoodie. Um, so Nick and then uh, I wrote 
Chloe. It was definitely Heidi as the cardio. Yeah, it was Heidi. Yeah, Heidi is the cardio, and then for our rule of three, uh, Kate as uh, Shannon, this woman that is stuck in the mirror. <laughs> it's very funny. I mean, uh, the last couple episodes, we've gotten some really good sketches about workout, like the the Peloton one. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, how are they going to keep making these funny? And this one was funny because it wasn't a parody. It was just it was a sketch about this lady who got trapped in by the dark demon Azul. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she was mean to a fortune teller. And then now they're in this domain in which they uh, have to, um, pro, you know, be show fealty to Azul as played by. Pete. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's always great as, as a demon. <laughs> oh, well, especially like just the, the, the visually it was really good. Right. Cause they're there. You see these two normal ones and then you see Kate. And then I think the second time they bring Kate around, he just like appears behind her and like just the height differential is perfect for Pete just to look intimidating and looming over her. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So I really like that. And I, again, what I liked about it was, you know, the cardio people were basically, or the, the, um, Mikey and Heidi were playing it straight, right? Yeah. Just the people in there. Um, and then uh, and then Kate is trapped and trying to communicate. Azuzel is being intimidating. And then uh, Mikey is concerned, but Chris is fine. Or no, the other way around. Chris is fine. Or Chris is concerned, Mike is fine. And I like that too. So it wasn't like, look at this weirdo. It was just like uh, Chris was, or uh, Mikey was just assuming this was part of the workout. Yeah. And then Chris was like genuinely concerned. So I like that it wasn't punching down on anybody. It was just like, what is this situation? Yeah, yeah. Mikey, yeah. Mikey did a great job just being like, I, I want that Nick guy back because, you know, I want to get back into getting swole or it's all about the games. And yeah. And yeah. And then this poor lady uh, just tried to get out. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny, though. Uh, and I'm not sure if you noticed this. Like, clearly those were fake weights. Yeah. They had like no mass to them. And it was like, could you not give them some like 10 pounders? They can do that for a sketch. Like, yeah. like something. So it like the resistance was so artificial as they were like moving the weights up and down. It was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I did notice that. I was like, well, how do they look weak right now? Right. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, just, like if you gave Nick jo- uh, Jonas two 25 pound weights, I think he'd be fine for a couple of reps. But, yeah. Like he's probably doing push-ups backstage anyway. Obviously, yeah, his, his sleeves ripped off. Exactly, just trying to get all pumped up. Uh, but I and I liked the resolution at the end was that um, Kate tricked Mikey's character into doing like some kind of um, chant that got him to like switch places with her. Yeah, yeah, great ending to it. Uh, just a, it was a great sketch. It heightened very naturally and well. It, I I really liked it. It was a great opening sketch. And I, yeah, I like that they were willing to do something that weird that early mm-hmm. you know yeah because that's something that could be in the the end of the night and this was like oh no we're gonna just do this like weird small sketch as the first one which shows a lot of confidence in that style of writing i think and i and i was and that nick uh was comfortable doing something strange like that too yeah yeah great start uh and then this film sketch was uh as if they just like filmed Aaron. Um, so she absolutely is one of these folks that is watching 
like the murder show and the murder podcast and the cult shows and like all this stuff. So it's like this uh, kind of cultural obsession that like the Paradise Household is absolutely participating in. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've said, I was talking to someone about this too earlier this week that like, what is up with like specifically girls being obsessed with murder shows? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny because we got hooked into um, my favorite murder. I don't know, four, almost five years ago, close to the beginning. And we've seen them live a couple of times, Karen and Georgia. And so like, we've both done that, but it's like these kind of true crime crime podcasts have then supported the true crime shows, which then support other true crime podcasts. And it feels like that's been kind of like accelerating over the last few years. And I like that they had that detail of, you know, like I'm going to watch the show and then I'm going to listen to a podcast about the same story because I've absolutely done that too. Uh, yeah. And then there's been like, uh, I think we've watched the Nexium cult show. There's like a few different ones like that. So it's like, this is just like a thing that is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's doing it and uh, good on SNL to, to be able to, to tap into that and make fun of it. I really liked, and I should have looked, I really liked it. Would have liked to know who wrote this song. Cause I, there was like the clearer, kind of group of songs that AD has been kind of the person steering. But in this yeah. sketch, it was uh, Chloe and Nick and Ego and Heidi and Kate. So doing this, and it was almost in the style of like almost like an En Vogue song or something like that. Kind of like a, a more middle of the road kind of pop song. So, but it was great. I really liked it. The details are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great sketch. And, Another you know, one. they brought in Nick to do a verse, which I also think is smart too. You know, he was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, after the next commercial break, we get, uh, Cinderella. I did not know where this was going. Uh, all right. I, I mean, I, weird premise. Very yeah, go weird ahead. Premise. Tell, tell me about this sketch. So it's basically the end of Cinderella, um, and, uh, the prince is coming to, to try to give the stepsisters and the evil stepmother and Cinderella to try to put on the glass slipper. And, uh, the glass slipper is too small uh, and everyone can tell that it is. And then it comes out that it, it was uh, a, the mouse who was yeah. wearing the glass slipper and he had sex with the mouse. Yeah. Well, it's so <laughs> funny because early on where, you know, so it's uh, Keenan uh, as like a footman, um, Kate as the stepmother, Cecily and Chloe as the stepsisters. And then, uh, Melissa, oh, where, who's Melissa in this thing? Melissa was the stepsister. Melissa was Chloe was Cinderella. Chloe was Cinderella. Thank you. I'm trying to like imagine the sketch in my mind. And then Nick is a prince. And early on, there's just like a like a fart joke. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, oh, okay. This is what we're doing. <laughs> um, but I'm very, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad that it went into this weirder direction where AD plays the mouse that, uh, while Nick is trying to downplay the relationship, they clearly had sex. Yeah. Or that happened. Um, <laughs> and I, I liked the, uh, the Keenan again, he can just be in every sketch and say one thing. It'll be great where, you know, he was talking about the, the size of the shoe. He's like, I should know I'm a footman in more the way that more ways than one. Yeah. That was a great joke. Very good. It's very funny. I, I really liked, cause this is, yeah, like the second sketch of the night and, and uh, Nick Jonas is is 
overacting and I loved it. Whatever this character was, I was like, ah, there it is. Like he's doing something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And some, uh, so apparently this Cinderella ex- uh, exists in the extended Disney princess uh, universe because they yeah. make a joke towards the end about, uh, uh, you don't think that Jafar sprinkles a little bird seed down there and lets Iago go to town, which was horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this, and, what, I, what I liked about this one is that uh, it was a little absurd, a little gross, and short. Yeah, yeah, it was short. They got in and out, and yeah, everyone played good characters. Um, they used the real Disney logo, Disney yep. Plus, at the yeah, beginning. So, and I also liked that uh, that Chloe. I'm glad that they're using her more because she a very good Cinderella impression. Yeah, she just looks like her. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then after this, we get another music video, essentially. So this is uh, a bachelor party thing where uh, you have Kyle, Mikey, Nick, Beck, Bowen, and Alex all in uh, look like a cabin, like a ski cabin, ski show. Yeah. Uh, for a bachelor party, they bring in Ego and Heidi as strippers, and then they just start singing what is essentially like an Irish folk song, kind of drinking song about getting uh, erect next to their buddies. Yeah. I I uh, I love this this one. This one was it was very funny. It was very catchy and it was just all happy go lucky. And I, and like throughout the day yesterday, I just kept singing this chorus and I was like I shouldn't be just singing the boner boner boner. <laughs> like I was like doing that people were like what are you singing? <laughs> no. I, I, I what I liked about it is that like no judgment they're just yeah. like talking about how nice it is. Uh, yeah. And then uh, they had some nice kind of asides with uh, Kyle singing like a verse uh, about being the awkward one from from nobody understands their jokes, but he feels better because they better uh, next to their friends. And then at the end, they do the visual joke of them lifting the table hands free yeah. uh, at the end. And then I also really like that uh, in the world of the sketch the, the scene they are actually singing this song because the this the strippers uh were apparently a, a party to all of this yeah yeah and it was a really good choice too that like first off these guys just think a bachelor party and they like dream about it is about just getting boners next to your friends like that's what it, it's not about uh you know like dehumanizing the strippers or yes. or you know and then it also is smartly played it wasn't like there weren't any gay jokes and it would have been very easy to make it, you know, they're homophobic or, or gay, but it's just, no, we love getting boners next to our friend. Yeah. I think that that's the, yeah, there is this mystique around having strippers at your bachelor party. Uh, but the reality of being in that situation is just like putting a pillow over your crotch, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, I thought it was really good. And, uh, um, like you said, no gay panic, very just happy. Yeah. Yeah. Funny sketch. Um, so after this are, are the musical is the musical performance, which is Nick Jonas again. Um, I don't understand his sense of fashion. I'm sure somebody else does. Um, it's very, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> uh, pretty minimalistic, just some backup singers, a drummer and a DJ or a, or a keyboardist, somebody yeah. managing the track. Um, so I'm always curious about who's going to introduce the X when they are a host of musical guests. So the first time they had Keenan and Chris, which I thought was an interesting choice, maybe to continue to get their faces out there for people to watch Keenan. 
Yeah. Um, and then second time, it was um, Kevin, which I thought was yeah, really cool. That was cool. Like, he's in the building. Why not? And then uh, he sang two songs, Spaceman, This is Heaven. Fine. Yeah. Uh, and then what I really liked about the the second one is that they, I knew that had, you were talk about this. they had Lenny Pickett come out for as yeah. for the sax solo. Yeah, right. that was really cool. Very cool. There, uh, there was a time, I think it was more frequent for like a singer to come and then just have the SNL band be their house band. Or if they need some like fill-in instruments, they'll bring in uh, Lenny or one of the other instrumentalists. But it's just like so nice to just have him like stroll out rip out yeah rip out this uh sax solo it was great yeah it was so cool i i loved it and he's just he's just got that iconic sound yeah. like you just know it's him when when he starts playing well it's funny so i was it was harder to look up his name than it should have been so i was mm-hmm. uh looking up um because i was like i'm pretty sure i know his name but i want to double check so i was looking up if you look up snl band leader it's still the top response is ge smith mm. who hasn't been the band leader since 1995 but at the time because he was kind of like a known quantity that whatever deal he had with lauren was it was ge smith and the saturday night live band so at some point when ge left and after uh, lenny took over they dropped that that's just the saturday mm. night live band but he's been the band leader for almost 30 years um and he, you know it's like what watching the show part of that is like watching the band react and, and stuff like that um, right so it's been you know it's just nice to see them every week i guess so it was cool to have him come out and, and play this great sax solo so after nick jonas we get uh update they talked about the house completing the spending package for the the biden recovery plan uh and talked about how just people spending a bunch of money at 2 30 in the morning yeah <laughs> just like when you're drunk yeah and I also really liked uh, the kind of sentiment that, you know, why can't Democrats get as mad as Republicans and, and fight for stuff? I thought that was, I, I know that SNL is always going to be kind of politically neutral or kind of pull their punches a little bit, but it was nice to be like, yeah, that is part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're not as aggressive. <laughs> well, just, you know, you make Republicans, if you make a certain group of people feel like they were disenfranchised, they're willing to kill people. And then, you know, Democrats are going to roll over. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I really liked, uh, they were talking about CPAC because the, um, the former president spoke on Sunday. So after the taping of SNL uh, and talked about if you, for a preview of Trump's speech, just give your grandpa cocaine. <laughs> Which is so accurate. Yes. Uh, and then uh, as he was working up to this, I was so excited because I knew who, uh, the panelist was going to be. We got uh, Keenan Beck as uh, LeVar Ball. God, this is a, one of my favorite Keenan characters of all time. Yeah, well, he's uh, <laughs> he's got so many good correspondent characters. And this one is just the, uh, what's, I'd love to watch the original one. And, they, and SNL has packaged these a few times where they'll like kind of show you like all the Stefan's or all the the um, David Ortiz's, whatever they'll kind of put those in a right. couple of videos. But like from him talking about um, his first son and self-aggrandizing to like the absurd things he's saying now is just so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
and Keenan does such a good job. I mean, there's so many little lines and, and like trinkets or nuggets inside every single one that is so funny. I was laughing so hard. Well, and it's, it's hard to keep up too, right? Like I was just trying, I was trying to watch and in less than four minutes, he just has all these uh, great things, including how he's going to like, um, cause he plays for the Hornets. Right. And then at some point uh, he talked about how he's going to like, yeah, that Charlotte was the regional banking capital of the world. And then he also talked about how that he was going to um, unite the Carolinas into a single great Carolina. And then uh, somehow he goes from that to talk about, talking about Mothra and how yeah, Mothra has never lost, <laughs> never lost to Godzilla. Uh, so then, funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like the, the, I like, I know that part of the thing is the product placement, right? Of him having whatever, um, but like him having to like deal with that, like chocolate mold of what was clearly a pair of Air Jordans um, yeah. that he like had to then like dunk a cookie into the camera, just like all that kind of stuff. It just is as this great kind of world that this version of LeVar Ball lives in. I thought it was great. Oh yeah, and and so many details too. I think he was saying like the only time you can buy them is exclusively on his mobile phone from three to six p.m. Mountain Standard Time. <laughs> like yeah. it was so funny. Yeah, and oh man, it's just so he's just got obviously he's got so much experience, but he's got all this confident confidence with these characters. One second. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But yeah, so just like I was so happy to see him. He like he's so basically all of his correspondent kind of characters can come back whenever, right? Like you'll always be happy to see David Ortiz. You'll always be happy to see Willie. You'll always be happy to see LeVar Ball. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm not like, and there's some old ones that he's just like, he's got so many that he's been able to retire some that will never, that haven't come back. Like I remember like, can we get Jean Cajon back? Oh uh, yeah. Like the French guy, like he's just got, he's been there for so long and has so many great kind of corresponding characters. Um, so it's so nice when one shows up because you know, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, he's so natural. Um, a couple of the other jokes that they had um, that uh, Frasier, I guess they're doing like a Frasier reboot or kind of re remounting, and they talk about Frasier is the show so white that it made friends look black. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a great one. Uh, there was a couple killers in this next set uh, yeah. that Jay had. Oh, God. Well, the, yeah, the only other one that I wrote down is the coronavirus is so deadly that it's being suspended with pay. Yeah. Which was amazing. It was so funny, and the crowd kind of gave him a groan. But that was that That's was okay. a great joke. And then he had the two uh, United Airlines jokes, or about the engines. And I just like it when there's like a double joke, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, because like the the, I guess one of the engines exploded and dropped debris places. So it was funny that the with two unrelated setups had the same punchline, which was cool. right. Yeah, yeah. That was very funny. Uh, and then to round things out, they brought in Cecilia's Marjorie Taylor Green, which perfect, great, love yeah. it. Um, and uh, just whatever you put in that character's mouth will not be as absurd as what she actually believes. So um, this week they were uh, talking about that. I guess so. Her the person that, whose office is across the hall from her has a. Uh, that representative has a trans daughter. So uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was said something uh, appropriately stupid. And then the um, 
the the representative put a trans rights flag outside of her office, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene responded by putting up a sign that said, "There are two genders. Trust the science." Um, yeah, and they use that as kind of like a um, a malapropism that's like trust the science. So yeah, like, which was spelled not like the word science. Um, and then she also did like the milk, milk, lemonade kind of thing. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, oh, and I, and I also really like the idea that she sneezed once and the demon got inside. Yeah, because no one said, bless you. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I saw I saw a joke. I don't think, or, or you know what it was? It was on the YouTube comments. Okay. Someone commented something like there aren't two genders. There's just one gender and the other and one rib or something like that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> like, uh, gender is a construct. Yeah. Trust the science, except when it comes to climate change. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just anything that disagrees with your point of view. Just the way that we categorize people and it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so she's great as Marjorie Taylor Greene. Keep bringing her back. She's fabulous. Uh, yeah. And then... For uh, the next sketch, this was my really only kind of what are we doing sketch of the night. Like this, I think, was by far the weakest. Um, so this is uh, Kyle, Heidi, M Mikey, Nick, and Ego. They're getting ready to go on a like a flume style ride, so like a log ride where you uh, and there's only an even amount of people, Kyle. Um, is the odd man out because it's clearly a couple of like teenage you know, right blooming couples and i think that all the characters are really good i thought the all the nervous kind of high school kind of horn dog energy was all like great like yeah. i was into all of that um but the sketch didn't go anywhere it was just like these two couples are attracted to each other they don't want to be with Kyle and then Kyle just happens to have um, this life uh, near life size stuffed the guy from Seoul. Yeah, another Disney reference. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that was it. It was basically like we don't want to ride with you. Just hang out with your stuffed old man. Uh, and then, like halfway through the sketch, they start calling him a cuck. Yeah. I I I I didn't get that at all. No, and, and he calls it out at the end where he's like, "My name's Robert," and I was like, "What? Is, what is this joke?" It felt like it was like an inside joke that we didn't we weren't in on. Yeah, it's like they were kind of cracking themselves up. And, yeah, but it's like I I, and I maybe I should watch the sketch again. But it wasn't like I can't remember what they referred to him at the beginning of the scene. So it's yeah, like, I don't know if he was his name was like. Clark and then they started saying cuck or but then like his name was so different by the time they revealed it it was just like it was confusing and not very funny and went on for too long yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it's hard like you said it's hard to escalate that that scenario like where does it go from well there was no stakes right they were eventually right. going to get on the ride and they yeah. were eventually going to have to sit with each other and like again I liked all the the nervous energy stuff right but the the kind of stakes of the scene didn't make enough sense. Right. Yeah. It was, it was the dead of the night, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, we get the Dion Warwick show again. This one, I, I really preferred the execution than last time. I love when 
they bring something back and can improve on it. And I think that Ego is more confident and they kind of had a better idea of what this sketch was. Yeah, yeah. This was very funny. Yeah. I, I thought that, that Ego really got to, got to show what she can do again. Yeah, and so what I think we talked about when, when the, the last time this one happened was don't give us the tweets, just give up, just assume that we will figure out the preference, the, the, the premise. And right. that's what they did. Yeah. This is the Dion Warwick talk show where I ask people pointed questions. Yeah. Or I asked them to do stuff for me. Yeah. That's great. Fight Wendy Williams. Yeah. It was very funny. Very funny. And the and the cameos were just quick, in and out. Get them yeah. in and out. Yeah. Keenan as a super lazy the weekend character. Yeah. Which uh which is great. Um and then I really liked uh Nick Jonas. I liked this deployment of Nick Jonas as himself because he wasn't because it was basically like, why is your wife so hot? Yeah. <laughs> Let me see your penis. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. And then uh, Punky was the, the niece again who didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, I really liked that she did like the animal segment where we walked over to Andy Desmukes. He seemed very uncomfortable with a live bird on his shoulders. And yeah. And she walked away. Yep. Perfect. That's yes. a great bit. Oh yeah, and I, I it reminds me of the uh, um, the like what's up with that with um, with Lindsay Buckingham just having an yeah. idea that like somebody's going to come out in costume and not say any words. Yeah, exactly. Like, Perfect. And then uh, I want to like Melissa. Same. Yes, but, but Melissa as Dua Lipa like did literally nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 sorry, but I just more Chloe. And <laughs> Melissa is what I am feeling after this season. Also, I think that people don't. The problem with having a Dua Lipa impression is that nobody knows anything about her other than she is pretty. She sings songs. She's, she's maybe British. So I think that uh, her. So it's a hard impression to do because it's not like oh that is that distinctly Dua Lipa thing. You just end up doing a British accent in a costume. Yeah, and singing a little bit. The I think one of the problems that I'm having with liking Melissa is it feels like she comes up with a with an impersonation for that week and then she forces it into a sketch instead of having a sketch that needs this impersonation yeah absolutely and and yeah I don't know what why that keeps happening if that's Mm -hmm. her or if that's somebody else but it always feels forced yeah and like this is an appropriate sketch for that but that impression and I you know all right who's a celebrity that Dion Warwick would have a weird thing about their name, Dua Lipa, sure, you know, but but even having to explain that that is actually Dua Lipa's like Christian name, like isn't enough of a joke either. Like, why'd your name your right. name? Why'd you name yourself do two lips? I don't know. That's my name. Right. British accent. Like it just didn't do enough. But I really liked at the end that she just was not prepared for machine gun Kelly. Again. <laughs> Again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great button. They should have just went there. You didn't have to do do, do a leap play, you know? Yes, I agree. And then uh, last sketch of the night is uh, kind of a bar flies, people uncomfortable with like interacting kind of post-COVID, which is very cool. Uh, ah, I really like that. I, I thought it was so funny. And I don't know what it was, but Nick Jonas's face, 
he gave me the giggles and he said something about like it's so nice to see you and she was like you're still not looking at me and he was looking the other way i don't yeah. know why that just tickled me no, this uh what i i had to look up the name but this really reminded me of like the sheila sauvage bar like two people at the end of the at the end of the night stuck with each other sketches that Chase yeah. also does um yeah. but i but this was different enough and i really liked some of the weird things that they were like some of the weird details they were including were like they they call out to and andy who's playing the piano and they say hey piano guy and, he's, and he corrects them and says no 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 my name is guy piano yeah he's like so <laughs> dumb and great yeah oh man so funny and then uh i don't know how they did the kitten magic trick that was very cool because yeah. like he reached into his pocket and pulled out a kitten. And then they were just like stuck with a kitten on stage for the rest of this, the sketch that was mewing. Yeah, yeah. And Kate can't handle it when any animal is making sound. Yeah. So like, you know, she, and it's so funny because they, the camera never really deals with it. But you, they, she hands off the, the kitten to Lauren, who's just stuck in the background of the scene holding a mewing kitten. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it was perfect. I like the, the twist where she said, can I get a bowl of milk? And then she just drinks it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like the show when it is weird. Yeah. And it was, they were doing a lot of that. Um, yeah. So and, and I guess we could have talked about this at the top, that because I hadn't checked, they added this show. So like they we thought that the, the, the previous few episodes were going to be it until the break. And then they just added, not like out of nowhere, but they added this, um, this week, which was great. Yeah. So it was like a whole, uh, bonus thing, which was fabulous. This is what happens when I'm, uh, I give up Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I, I, I had not paid enough attention to see that they were actually <laughs> going to have an episode this week. Yeah. Which is a nice surprise. Oh, it's great. So, uh, but I so that kind of brings us to the end with the goodnights. There wasn't really much of anything to know. It felt a little sparser on stage. Um, um, but yeah, that was it. Was a great episode of SNL. I think he was a very natural host. Just a lot of confidence. I'm really liking everything I'm seeing um, from like the new cast. Really feels like they are growing into their roles and the especially like Bowen and Chloe and then the the main cast it feels like we're ready to lose some of the the veterans right like I am not concerned about people anchoring sketches when we have Andy not Andy we have Alex and Mikey and Bowen and um and Kyle and Beck and I, I think they really figured out what they can offer. And I think that certainly with um, Chloe emerging and Heidi, I think we're in really good hands kind of overall. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Cause I just, I want Keenan to come back forever and I hope his new show goes well, but I also think that this could be yeah. our last Keenan season. They're using yeah. it a ton. And same thing with they Kate. are, they are. And I just saw, well, this was last week maybe or two weeks ago. They posted on YouTube a best of Keenan, which was like yeah. an hour long. And I was like, ah, that's kind of, you know, weird that they would do that. If I guess if they're promoting his new show, but it yeah, felt I, like a goodbye type thing. I watched 
the first like chunk of it and like in the YouTube video was a commercial break for Keenan. Mm. So I think they were using it in that context, but like, you know, it's like when Mulaney got his show, he didn't come back. Right. It, it didn't work out and he went to do other yeah. things. But like Keenan, I don't know. It's the, it seems to be funny. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I haven't seen it either. Um, so yeah, so that's it. Uh, like I said, nothing of real note for the good nights. Um, I think Punky was wearing a Dave Chappelle mask. So apparently he gave those to everybody and they're using them. Huh, that's cool. So who? Uh, what was your favorite sketch of the night? Favorite sketch? I I think it's I think it's the last one. The the one yeah. with the Kate and Nick at the at the bar. I just thought that that was very funny. Yeah, I think or mine like, was the workout mirror one. The workout mirror. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like some weird crap, and I like that <laughs> they did it that early in the show. Yeah, why not? You know. And then, uh, who was your uh, favorite? Not ready for primetime player. I'm gonna have to go with the. I have to go with the solid Kate. Just like, yeah. Just Kate was was great as Fauci, and again in that last sketch, and she just did a lot. She's always in like everything and brings it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to to go with Heidi because I thought she was really good in um, the the workout video, the workout kind of mirror sketch she was in. The um, murder show kind of song. Yeah. She was in the Bachelor Party film sketch. She was in the probably one of the better roles in the Flume Ride sketch of doing doing that great kind of lived in kind of nervous teenager energy. So I think I think she's amazing. So I, I when they give her more to do, she's always good. So I thought that was really good. yeah uh, good yeah. for her. And then uh, I don't what. We did. We should have asked at the beginning. What was your kind of Jonas Brothers level of awareness going into this evening? Uh, I mean, I knew I knew enough about them. I I had an older sister who was obsessed with the Jonas Brothers when they were when you know they were sixteen. So I kind of already knew a lot of facts about Nick Jonas and the Jonas Brothers and the TV show and all that. But uh, most recently, I I don't know that much about them. Like what they have gone on to do you know right just whenever they're on the radio i guess what about you yeah i i really think what i was aware of is that their most recent album mm-hmm. um because they had a couple of pretty good songs off of that they got a lot of play um and they you know seem pretty happy yeah good to see those kind of child acts mature yeah not not in like a I'm bummed out to watch the Backstreet Boys be like Backstreet guys in their 40s. Like that doesn't feel like they grew, they matured. It feels like they got older and they're still singing the same songs. Um, yeah, I, it's cool to see you know these guys. Like oh, they just are. They are good musicians that write good songs. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, you know the thing I saw most recently about them is, um, have you ever watched those bits where Seth Meyers goes day drinking? No. So Seth had this thing. Uh, where he would basically uh, go day drinking with a celebrity and basically make jokes and whatever. And so he's done it a few times. He did it with uh, Rihanna. He did it with um, uh, who else? So a handful of people, but he did one with the Jonas Brothers. Oh, cool. And it is very funny because it's like the Jonas Brothers and his brother, (laughs) Seth's brother, who... um, is just like a better looking version of Seth Meyers. 
and then Jack McBrayer. So it was like they had like a competition between Seth Meyers, his brother, and Jack McBrayer versus the Jonas Brothers while they're also in this like warehouse getting loaded. Uh, it is very oh. funny. Um, I, so that I think out. that's the most like recent Jonas Brothers content that I consumed. And at one point they have like a um, songwriting competition just very funny to have like the Jonas Brothers like come up with a song in 20 minutes versus like a bunch of amateurs. Um, yeah. So I think that's the thing that I would had made me most aware of them. Okay. Uh, but recently, but yeah, so I'm, it was fine. I think if we're talking about like, am I more interested than the, before the answer is yes, but probably, but I'm, I'm not maybe on set on fire with Nick Jonas's music. Yeah. Or his fashion. <laughs> no, my, my, uh, when he came out for the for the monologue, my wife was like, "Is that for a sketch? What is he wearing?" Yeah, I don't know, but I guess when you're that famous, it's just like, well, whatever I want. <sighs> yeah. Um, so that brings us to the end. I thought this was a great episode. It was so like, aside from the flume ride sketch, which yeah had a lot of great characters with nothing to do. I thought that this was a very good episode. Yeah, yeah. I feel like once we came back from that break, I think we had some pretty solid episodes this second half. Well, you can feel the weight of not having like an agent of chaos in the White House um, and the, um, the coronavirus situation still being bad, but improving. There's just yeah. like less existential dread, I think, at the moment. Where yeah. we have time to be upset about or make fun of a single member of Congress because, like, the whole building isn't on fire. Right, right. It's not everything is bad. <laughs> no, and like, you can just make Ted Cruz a punching bag because there's not other things to worry about. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think the writers are feeling that and having a little bit more fun. Um, and as things are improving, the people are feeling just a little safer, I think, is part of it as well, you know? Yeah, I, I certainly know that uh, I've been lucky enough to get both doses of the vaccine. And so I just like I'm still I'm not going to crowded bars licking the floor or anything, but I just feel like I I'm taking less chances when I leave the house. And I think that the, uh, having that I maybe that's happening with with the cast and the crew and the writers and they're feeling that kind of lift as well. Yeah, they can kind of let loose a little bit now. Yeah. Uh, so. There should not be a next a new episode next week unless Lauren decides to surprise us. Uh, so we are going to uh, talk about some SNL movies. So movies that have come out from uh, characters or sketches over the years. So these are things like Wayne's World, Neither Roxbury, Stuart Saves His Family, that kind of thing. So we're going to talk about those uh, next week. Yeah. And uh, you can find uh, Randall, Randall at Fresh Cut Randall in a bunch of different places, including TikTok. And you can find me at Mr. B Paradise at a bunch of places, including Instagram. I actually like posted something on Instagram for the first time in like months. So nice. I, I exist. Um, wow. You can email us at snrewindpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at snrewind on Twitter. And we will. Oh, and make sure you like and subscribe and review because that helps people uh, find us. We can expand our audience and continue having these wonderful conversations about one of our favorite shows. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Randall. I will see you next week. All right. See ya. Bye.